Glory to the Spirit be now and through eternity. The base of my sermon is from the epistle lesson just read to you, let us walk properly as in the daylight. Well, if you notice in the front of the church, it shouts with blue, for Advent, we not only announce the birth of Jesus, but whenever we say, come Lord Jesus, we're not only asking for Jesus to come into our hearts, we're not only celebrating the birth of Jesus, but we're also asking Jesus to end human history as we know it. When we say, come Lord Jesus, we are asking for judgment day to come, that we might be with him forever in eternal paradise. Do you walk the walk? Do you talk the talk or do you walk the talk? It's been said we can tell a lot about a person by the people that they what? Walk with. You want to know what a person's like? Look who they walk with and who they hang out with. It's also been said that before we judge anyone, we should walk a mile in their what? Shoes. Yes, the hymn. Oh, that the Lord would guide my way. He says, oh, that the Lord would guide my way to keep his statue still. Oh, that the Lord would guide my feet. Tis a pleasant path to walk. We take walking so seriously today, we even buy very expensive gadgets that we can wear as sort of like we do our watch, what are they called? Fit, what? Fitbits. We take our walk seriously. So talking about walk, walking properly as in the daylight, well, maybe you remember this stanza from a hymn, some of you might recall it, faith and hope to walk with God in the way that Enoch trod. Let me say it to you again. Faith and hope to walk with God in the way that Enoch trod. Does anyone recall the hymn which encases those words? I'll give you a hint. Chief of sinners, though I be, Jesus Christ, what? Died for me. I shared this once with my confirmation class, and a sort of a, a smart seventh grader once said, I got it figured out. Chief of sinners, though I be, Pastor Muse is worse than me. <laughs> so he got an F and had to clean the bathroom. I'm just kidding. He only, had to, he only had to sweep out my car. Never mind, okay. But in that hymn, that, that treasured hymn, Chief of sinners though I be, we sing the line, faith and hope to walk with God in the way that Enoch trod. And we, well, trotting, that's a form of walking, that's a gait, that's a pace of walk. But exactly who is Enoch? Well, you know, he must be somebody important because we talk about faith and hope and walking in God and that we might emulate, that we might somewhat reflect the walk of Enoch. So Enoch was a devoted follower of God in a time when following God was not popular. Enoch lived during the wicked days of the flood, you know, the Tower of Babel when people did their own thing. And so when we say these words, faith and hope to walk with God in the way that Enoch trod, we're actually asking God, God, help me to walk with his devotion, with his prayer life, with his wisdom, with his devotion to you, that we might emulate his walk in all that we say and do. Because really, Advent is a time for us to maybe begin thinking about how we walk with God in these last days in faith and hope with God. Enoch was so dedicated to God that he didn't see death. He will not see the death that probably all of you and I here will see. God took him to heaven when he's 365 years old. So we pray. Faith and hope to walk with God in the way that Enoch trod. Talking about walking talking about walking. Um, okay. The, all right, a little bit of... Uh-oh. 
<laughs> Seems like the, we have a little bit of, there we go. It's there, but it's not there, okay. In 1893, Chicago held the World's Fair. Now, we have to understand about World's Fair in those days, most people didn't travel the world, so the world would come to you in the World's Fair. I think that's where um, Disney World, what's that called? Epcot got its idea from. We'll take people to Epcot, that's sort of a World's Fair. Well, Chicago held the World's Fair, also known as the Columbiana uh, Exhibition. There are 65,000 exhibits and 25 million visitors came to the World's Fair in Chicago that lasted from pretty much April to October, and they did make money on it. One lady was so dedicated to come to the World's Fair, she followed the railroad tracks from Houston, Texas, to get to Chicago. But the unique thing about the World's Fair, which is now on Chicago's south side, was that it was enclosed... It was enclosed with, with fence, and it was a rather safe place. But 65,000 exhibits, like most world fairs, they introduced to us very popular items. Like these are some brand names that are introduced to us in the 1893 World's Fair. Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, Juicy Fruit, Cream of Wheat, Cracker Jack, and the Ferris Wheel. If you've eaten any of those or you've been on a Ferris Wheel, raise your hand. Notice I didn't say drink Pabst Blue Ribbon, okay? I'm not going to reserve that for you. But these were all things that are introduced at the World's Fair in 1893. But arguably, the greatest contribution that the World's Fair brought to us, and we still enjoy it today, is this. The Chicago World's Fair introduced streetlights with security officers. Why was that important? Because before streetlights and security officers, walking even at night back then was a scary thing. There are no streetlights. I might be robbed. I might be mugged. Somebody might harass me. It's a very scary place to, to be outside. But with the World's Fair being enclosed with security guards and with lights, people found it safe to walk around at night. The cool Chicago air, the sights of the World's Fair was all there. Now, I bet most of you have been to one of their sites. Who here has been to the Chicago Museum of Science and Industry? You've been there? I'm talking about that was one of the original buildings for the Chicago World's Fair. That same painting. All buildings were painted the same way that museum is painted now. But what the security lights gave is for people to walk around in safety. Couples in love and married in couples enjoyed the nightlife, walking around arm in arm because they knew there were lights and what else? Security guards. They walked in peace, they walked in freedom, they walked in security, and pretty soon that practice not only spread to the rest of Chicago, but to all major cities in the United States and throughout the world, to be able to walk in peace, to be able to walk in light. And that's what you and I have from God, to walk properly as in daylight, as children of God. You see, every seven years it says our culture recycles itself. The world's path seems smaller, it's true. The world seems a smaller place. We're connected by the internet. There's a lot more world travel. People are more connected, but the world is a darker place. Every seven years, it says that the world recycles itself and it changes itself. So I want us to think about the last seven years in the United States alone. Look what's happened with the definition of marriage and sexual morality even in the last seven years. I was talking to a young man and a family this past week, and they say, now our public schools, we don't have fire drills, we have drills because who might be in our building? An active shooter. Just imagine that. My lovely wife once served, she was a secretary at a school, and she was behind bulletproof glass in rather a nice high school, and there's only one open door to get into the building. 
Even listen to civil discourse in America. Listen to a political debate and the anger and the angst that's exhibited there. Simply watch TV and the themes that go around there. You see, it's been said that every seven years, the culture recycles itself. And from what I see, it seems to be darker. So you and I, we walk in the lightness and the security of Christ our Savior. We are called to walk properly as in the light. You see, Scripture says this. Scripture views the devil and e- Scripture views the devil and evil as darkness and Christ is light and the walk of the Christian is light. Jesus invites us, walk in my light. I am the light of the world. He who walks in me has a light of life. He who doesn't walk in me has darkness. Scripture sees itself as that. Scripture sees us being awoke, being wakened as walking in the light of God and slumber and darkness as in the devil. Now, spoiler alert. Have you seen this movie? It's called The Cobbler. Well, if you haven't, let me ask this question. What item does a cobbler work with? Shoes. In the movie The Cobbler, standing Adam, starring Adam Sandler, well, he fixes shoes, you know, back in the day when shoes were worth fixing. Do any of you remember, no offense, you maybe had to put cardboard or something hard when your shoes had a hole in it, Right? Or maybe there's even a person around Defiance, there's a person in East Peoria who would stitch things together and fix shoes if they were worth something. Well, in the movie The Cobbler, that's Adam Sandler's job. He fixes shoes. But his stitching machine broke. So he went into the basement of his grandfather's business and he brought up his grandfather's old stitching machine. But in the movie, it's sort of like a magical theme. So whenever he stitches somebody's shoes, if you step inside it, you become that person sort of a magical stitching machine. And what's unique about the movie is that the various shoes that were stitched by by that machine or that he stitches, you could walk around as that person. Not that you're walking around to identify yourself, but you get to walk around and see how people identify with you. It's not so much you taking the perspective of the person, but you get to see how people take the perspective of you. Are you handsome, attractive, Are you a troublemaker? Do you own money? Are you an honest person or dishonest person? And so Adam Sandler in a movie, The Cobbler, he puts on the shoes and he gets to wear and gets to see how many different people perceive him, how that's viewed. See, Scripture views people walking in two lights. We can walk in two ways. One way we can walk is in the slumber and darkness of our old sinful nature. How to gratify our sinful natures. Well, that's what St. Paul says. Well, you know, sexual immorality, orgies, drunkenness, enviness, jealousy, and the like. See, to gratify your old sinful nature, I'll describe like this. Do your own thing. Don't care about anybody else. Make yourself happy. When you come to church, don't listen to the word, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. That's the best way to gratify your sinful nature. Do whatever you want. It's your thing. Do it what you want to do. That's your old sinful nature. Now, St. Paul addresses that. Don't gratify your sinful nature and walk that walk. The other way we can walk is like this. Be woken in the light of salvation. Now, there's two ways we walk in the light of Christ. There's two ways that we can walk like the way that Enoch trod. How we can walk in the light? Well, one is the debt to love one another, and it fulfills the commandments. So I'm going to ask the Lutheran question. What's the Lutheran question? Say it. 
That's a Lutheran question. What does this mean? Well, a walk in the light of Christ as Christ redeemed people, those who we've been stitched together in our baptism, further stitched in the Lord's Supper, stitched together with his forgiveness means what? Keep the ten what? So let's see how well we know the Ten Commandments. Ready? Let's begin. You shall have no other what? Yeah, some people also learned it before me. Uh, you, shall not, do not, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in what? Or even misuse God's name. All matters with translation Ten Commandments. Some of them are more uniform like this. Remember the Sabbath day by what? Honor your father and the fifth, you shall not what? Kill. Sixth, you shall not commit what? Seventh, you shall not what? The eighth, do not bear false witness against your what? And the ninth and tenth talks about people or talks about things and says you shall not what? Covet. Memorize the Ten Commandments. When I teach seventh grade confirmation, beginning a class, you can ask the students. Here's a scrap sheet of paper. Flip it over and I want you to write all the Ten Commandments or commandments we're learning 15 times. I want them to stick to Ten Commandments where? Memorize them. We should all have them. We all need to have them memorized. Even Jews today will take the Ten Commandments in very eloquent um, forms of metal and iron and precious, uh, precious metals and they'll nail it to their doorpost. In the Old Testament, God said this, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will love you. I will protect you. And from you will come the Messiah that will save everyone. That is my vow. That is my promise to you. I'll guard and protect you and keep you as my own. That's my side of the covenant. Our side, your side of the covenant is to keep the what? Keep the Ten Commandments. How do God's people keep their side of the covenant with God? Keep the what? Ten Commandments. Even today, in love to what Christ has done for us on the cross, we keep the what? Ten Commandments. They're the moral law that Jesus upholds for us loving God and loving others. What does it mean, walk in the light, keep the Ten Commandments? What else does it mean? Loving God, pay it forward. Now, what do I mean by paying it forward? Well, since Christ has given us all forgiveness, hope, redemption, the promise of eternal life, we pay it forward. So what does that look like? Let me ask you also to me. When you come into a room or a place, are people glad you came or are they glad when you leave? Do you make things better for people or worse for people? Does my attitude and my compliments bless others so they say, man, that person's a real drag? Paying it forward means that by what God has given to me, whenever I come into any situation, I'm there to make things better. Paying it forward, my dear childhood friend Craig, uh, he went to the United States Navy and as an intern in California, and he graduated from Navy basic training in San Diego. By the way, San Diego is where the Pacific Fleet is based. And I remember going down to see him the day he graduated. And there was a large auditorium. They introduced us to his class. He was graduating from basics in the Navy. And someone from the USO came out. Do you guys know what the USO is? What's the USO? Right? They help and assist the troops. And they said, after the graduation ceremonies, we have drinks and refreshments for everybody. And they said, the reason you have drink and refreshment now is the previous class that graduated donated money for you to have what? Drinks and refreshments. And they passed around buckets and say, your donation will pay for the what? Pay it forward. Hopefully we gave more than the class before. 
correct? Always pay it forward with more. I was a youth minister for many, many years ago, and I always told the kids and adults, our goal is that no matter where we go, we always leave it in better shape than when we came, correct? That's a good way of looking at paying it forward. Whenever I come into any place or I use any place, I only have one rule, or if somebody uses church property, you can use church property as long as you leave it in what shape? Better shape than when you found it. So on youth trips, we'd stay in churches because it saved money. And I told the kids, said, whenever we stay in a place, we're going to clean it up. Oh, man, do I have? Yes. Got out the vacuum cleaners and the dust, and we got out the, you know, all the stuff to clean stuff with. Remember one time we cleaned it so well, we found two members' old keys from their church. They couldn't find it for a couple months, okay? Always leave things better. Pay it what? Ford. Pay it Ford better than when we found it. That's what it looks like to walk properly in the daylight. How? Keep the Ten Commandments. Pay it forward. Walk in the daylight of Christ's love and redemption for him who gave everything for us. You see, in this season of Advent, we look forward to Christ's return. Martin Luther said it like this. The best way to prepare for Christ's return is simply stop sinning. Keep the Ten Commandments. Pay it forward. The blessings he's given to us in faith. To walk in the way that Enoch trod as people of God who are forgiven and redeemed by him. So how about this for a closing thought? And I'm going to go back to some hymns. And our closing thought will be a hymn. And I put them up here. And you'll see how it ties when you read it with me, okay? This is our closing thought, okay? You read it with me? Oh, he says, follow his example pure through a world that would deceive us and to sin our spirits, Lord. Onward in his footsteps treading. Pilgrims here are home above, full of faith and hope and love. Let us do the Father's bidding. Faithful Lord, with me abide. I shall follow where you guide. Let us also live with Jesus. He has risen from the dead that to life we may awaken. Jesus, you are now our head. We are our own living members. Where you live, there we shall be. In your presence constantly, living there with you forever. Jesus, let me faithful be. Life eternal grant to me. And all God's people say,